today's show, we are previewing quarterbacks for fantasy football in 2021. We're getting into those positional previews now that it's July. This might be the most excited I've ever sounded on an intro in like weeks now. And for good reason, because I'm so excited to get into these positional previews. So much news. Our fantasy football positional rankings are finally out. We also had a mock draft on today's show, which you'll hear after this. After this segment, I did a mock draft with a good friend of the show, Austin. Austin and I uh, did a 12-round mock, which was pre-recorded. And so you'll hear that at the end of the show. And uh, again, it was recorded before this show. So I already know what happens in it, but you don't. So listen to the end of the show to find out. Chris is back. Got Mm -hmm. quarterbacks to talk about. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited. Like you heard, super excited for this show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Uh ready to go. And we are finally doing QBs. QBs is one of my best positions. Uh, if we look at the rankings competition from last year, I, I thoroughly destroyed Calvin at the position, winning by 29%. So I'm ready to give you guys my insight. Uh, yeah, that was um, great to remind them how you won. And it wasn't a fluke or anything. It's very sad. But I will be coming back this year. But yeah, I mean, what, like Chris mentioned, he beat me in the quarterbacks last year. You can see all the uh, positional ranker accuracies between us on the website, which is now published. Go to sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy, and you will find amazing things. Not only will you find our rookie profiles and our contact us pages and our staff pages, you will find our positional rankings, which are now out. We're recording this on Saturday, and we've got our QB rankings right here. But like today, when you're hearing this, Monday, Our rankings are fully out. Go check out the site. It's incredible. You can see all our positions. Just see everything. Top 24 for quarterbacks, tight ends. Top 60 for running backs, wide receivers. Top 12 for defense and kickers. Got them out for you guys in time for the Scott Fish Bowl. In time for all your July redraft leagues. Time for any dynasty startups you may be doing right now. And yeah, we did a mock draft at the end of the show as well. So go listen to that. And yeah, just go sites.google.com slash view slash second goal fantasy or tinyurl.com slash sgfpod, or tinyurl.com slash fantasy. We have all three um, because of yours truly, who made sure to get all of the links. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So, yeah, like I said, mock draft today with Austin and mm-hmm. SFB is starting in two days. But today, when you're hearing the podcast, if you're hearing it on Monday, SFB is today starting first thing in the morning. So we will have these rankings out. I mean – yeah, by by the time you're listening, you'll they'll be there. We probably publish them on Sunday night. But uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna get into bold takes in just a moment. And yeah, I guess I, I had almost even forgotten that we had bold takes on this show. But I've got one. I think I've got a good bold take for today, and so does Chris. So before we do the quarterback preview, we'll get into those. Also, uh, to clarify, we actually don't have a two minute drill segment on today's show. This was this is going to be a pretty long show. I know it doesn't add that much time, but we'll get back to that next week. If you guys really missed out on the two minute drill i apologize maybe we'll do two next week but mm-hmm. i don't think i don't think anyone i mean i think it's a good segment but you know no one's gonna be heartbroken if we don't have it for one week is that isn't that right mm-hmm. yep okay so let's get into bold takes chris do you want to start with your oh my like i actually like hate this take i'm sorry no this Cal- might be Calvin, the one you, I start hate. you start with yours you want me to start with mine oh yeah because you mm-hmm. you're scared you want to like deliver you... the bad news first and then we can deliver the good news second oh yeah that's what the listeners want isn't it mm-hmm all right, my bold take. Daniel Jones will finish with more fantasy points than Aaron Rodgers this year. Got back to another Giants fantasy take. I've talked about Daniel Jones so much. In fact, I, I don't even remember. I might. I think I, talk, I talked about him later on today's show in the mock draft. Little teaser there. But Daniel Jones, 
going to be a stud next year with Kenny Galladay. This is going to be the guy who will elevate Daniel Jones to the next level. Currently have him as my quarterback 15, which is a little bit low for someone who's going to be elevated to the next level. I just, this quarterback class is just so deep this year. There's just, it's hard for me to rank him ahead of Fitzpatrick or Baker Mayfield or Matthew Stafford. Although that might change if I think about it more. Um, Daniel Jones's deep ball passing last year was one of the traits he was best at graded out as the highest rated deep ball passer by next gen stats, 19 for 39, 636, five touchdowns, no interceptions was his stat line, 14.8% completion percentage above expectation. Now he gets Kenny Galladay, one of the best contested catch receivers in the league. He's still got Evan Ingram to throw to underneath who Albeit he does drop the ball a lot, but he gets open a decent amount. Kadarius Tony, a nice little gadget player who has the ability to take short throws to the house. Like the, a guy like Kadarius Tony isn't going to be a consistent fantasy producer in year one. But what can happen is if Daniel Jones throws him a screen and Kadarius takes it for a touchdown, maybe you've just made an average game into like a really good game for Daniel Jones. And like, when you have an explosive guy like that, he can make the quarterback play better for fantasy football. So Daniel Jones is my quarterback 15. Aaron Rodgers is currently my quarterback 16. I may even move him back a little bit from that, but he is currently behind Daniel Jones and he will stay there. Aaron Rodgers, while a great player, I just don't think he's going to play this year. My prediction is he holds out. The Packers have clearly, they've reported that they've offered him a lot of money. We talked about it on last week's show, more per year than Patrick Mahomes. I love Rodgers as a player. So does everyone, but... I just don't see him playing this year. I think it's more likely than not that he holds out for at least a good amount of the season. So I would rather have Daniel Jones, and I think Daniel Jones will score more fantasy points than Aaron Rodgers this year. Bold take. Bold mm-hmm. take. Yep. I, I agree with it, too. Uh, I actually you agree with I, it? No, no. I don't agree with it because I love Aaron Rodgers, but I also love Daniel Jones. So I agree uh, with yes. half of it. Um, really excited for Daniel Jones. And like you said, I mean – having those playmakers around him, that's going to really elevate Daniel Jones. If he can just get, like you said, that one big play to Saquon or even someone like Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay. I mean, those are all big play guys, and that's going to be able to rack up some fantasy points for Jones. He also has a safe floor with his legs, which a lot of people, I think, discount sometimes. So there's a lot to like with Daniel Jones going forward next year. And I'm in agreement with you here, Calvin, uh, for Jones' side. On the other hand, for Rodgers, I am more, I uh, believe that he's coming back to Green Bay. And so uh, I currently have him as my QB five pretty high. So um, as long as he comes back, I'm really excited about him. And for that reason, I can't put him mm-hmm. above Daniel Jones. Or I have him as my quarterback 18. I moved him down a couple spots while thinking about it just now. But um, I think you said though, considering the uh, Aaron Rodgers risk of him not coming back, that he would be your quarterback seven if you considered that. But since yeah, you it, thought he was going to play, right you now, to, I like, you, don't want to go under. The, I want to go under the assumption of what I think is going to happen. So. I don't want to be – because if he's not playing, I'm going to drop him a ton. And if he is playing, I'm going to have him around QB5. And right now I think he's going to play. So I'm not going to try and balance things out. I want to stay confident that he's going to come back. And so I draft him around QB5 uh, if once things are confirmed that he'll be coming back, which I assume they will be in the near future. I think mm-hmm. we'll see in about probably a few weeks he'll end up announcing that he's coming back to Green Bay or sign some new monster extension. Okay, but yeah, you did say if ba- if it was balanced out, I think you said that it w- he would be your quarterback seven, like if you were balancing it. Like if I was drafting today, I'd probably draft him around my QB seven just because there's a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's definitely still a chance that I draft him as a QB five. It's just kind of depends on how my draft is going. Like, I mean, okay, in a league like the Scott Fishbowl, sometimes Aaron Rodgers is that consideration is a consideration for me that early just because I need to get my good players, and if he does play, then I could be getting a steal, right? Right. But if I'm in a redraft league or something like drafting right now, I might draft him a little bit later 
just because I, I mean, quarterbacks aren't as, I don't have to find some breakout quarterback. I can still stream quarterbacks and stuff. So it kind of, it depends. I think that Aaron Rodgers will finish as the QB five, but right now there's a lot of risk. So that's making me stay away from him a little bit. Yeah. Unfortunately, this kind of goes behind beyond fantasy analysis. So we'll try our best, but it's, we don't really know what's going on much better than anyone Mm -hmm. else. Yep. But I mean, my educated guess, Rod, I think Rodgers is done. Like I actually, I actually believe like if I had to bet right now, I think Rodgers would hold out for at least some of the season. Mm-hmm. Fair okay. enough. So you have got your first bold take. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Chris. I literally like, I, this might be the one I hate the most. Like we haven't even done like seven of these. This is already the one I hate the most. Mm-hmm. Okay, Calvin, tell me when you are ready for the recording. Wait here. I just want to look up one more number because I'm not sure about the specific number. Oh, yeah. He needs numbers to back this up. Numbers. Mm. He needs to look up the numbers because he's not confident in his case. All right. Well, uh, I'm ready for you to go whenever okay, you Okay, here are. we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Recording wait, wait, starts. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, actually, actually, no. Give me one second. One second. <laughs> Doesn't want to start. He's scared. You don't want to put it out there how bad this take is. It's just – okay. I, I, I'm ready. The guy, the guy, the two guys that you're talking about, I have ranked so much lower than you. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. All right. Go. Okay. So, Calvin doesn't like it, but I am a total believer in this Indianapolis offense moving forward with Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman Jr. And I'm so uh, set on this, this offense being so good that I'm going to go ahead and say that Carson Wentz will be a top 12 QB and Michael Pittman will be a top 30 wide receiver. Um, I'm super ah, excited so for this bad. duo moving forward. Calvin <laughs> does not like it, but uh, I definitely have some stats to back it up. So obviously uh, I want to get one big thing out of the way, and that's uh, Carson Wentz moving to Indianapolis. I think that this is just a huge move for him. We saw that when he was with Frank Reich the first year of his career, he put up MVP-like numbers. Then we saw Frank Reich go get signed by the Colts because of how dead well he did with uh, – Carson Wentz. And so I mean, I have total trust in him to help Carson Wentz and build an offense around him that Wentz is able to thrive. And we saw him do that in his first year in Philly. So I'm super excited about that. Um, he would have finished as a top eight QB definitely if he had not gotten injured uh, at the end of the season. Actually, I think he still might have finished as a top eight QB. So definitely uh, fantastic numbers under Coach Reich. And so that's just one thing that I'm most excited about. But I want to take a look back at why Carson Wentz struggled so much last year. Obviously, Obviously, it was his decision-making, but also he really struggled against a lot of pressure. And that was one of the biggest problems for the Eagles. We saw, I mean, three of the guys from their offensive line got injured. I mean, this was one of the best offensive lines going into the year. And then it ended up being one of the worst by the end of the year just because of injuries. And so Carson Wentz was under, under a ton of pressure. But here's some stats that I want you to hear, Calvin. With a clean pocket, Wentz was 194 for 295 passing for 2,053 yards and 12 touchdowns. So those are really impressive numbers to me. And I think that now going into to an offensive line where they have Quentin Nelson and they have – I mean, this is one of the best offensive lines in the league, uh, and that's not even debatable, the Indianapolis Colts. So I think that Wentz is going to have a lot of time in the pocket, and, and uh, now he's got a coach that's going to be able to fit his play style. There's a lot of good things moving forward for Carson Wentz. And then Michael Pittman on the other side of things. This is why I think he can be a top 30 wide receiver, sitting at 6'4", He's a massive guy, and uh, there's a lot of targets to claim this offense. T.Y. Hilton 
it's definitely uh he's getting towards the end of his career. Um, why am I blanking on the name? Oh yeah, uh, I'm blanking on the name here. Sorry. Yeah, Zach Pascal, he's coming back from, but uh, it's back from injury. It doesn't look like he's gonna be doing too much. He still hasn't really proven a ton. And I feel like Michael Pittman, after they used second round draft capital on him, showed a lot of flashes of being really good. He had two games where he went over uh, 60 yards. And so I think that there's a lot of things to be excited about for him. He showed a lot of ability in the red zone as well. So I think that Carson Wentz is going to like to have him as a big touchdown target. And I mean, I just think that this duo is going to be one that progresses. And I think, I mean, I think he's the most talented wide receiver there. And if I think Carson Wentz is going to do well, which I think he will, I expect Michael Pittman to be his favorite target, and that's going to lead to some solid fantasy production for both of these guys. So that's why uh, I have my bold take. This take is wrong on so many levels. I'm sorry. With it, Let me start with the clean pocket. Yeah, the Colts have a great offensive line. That's going to help Carson Wentz. But let's talk about a guy who literally was drafted in the same draft as him, one pick ahead. Jared Goff who is kind of the same as Carson Wentz against a clean pocket. I'm trying to get the stat, exact stat up, but in a clean pocket, Jared Goff has very, very similar numbers to what Wentz put up. But is Jared Goff a good QB? No, he's not, because against the Blitz, he's terrible. That's what I'm saying. Like, you literally agreed with me when I said the very same thing about Justin Fields. Is Justin Fields, he, could, he might not be a good quarterback in this league. Because he can't, he can't, against the clean pocket, he's excellent. But against the blitz, he has poor decision-making and poor awareness. And before you talk about offensive lines, I know the Colts was the, the Colts was rated as the league's best offensive line by PFF last year. That Yeah, that's great. The Los Angeles Rams were third. Not very far behind. Both of these offensive lines were absolutely elite. And so this, there's really no excuse for Jared Goff's play and, I feel like Carson Wentz is going to have the very same thing. Like last year, people forget how horrific Carson Wentz was. I have him even ranked outside of my top 24 QBs because I'm not even willing to draft this guy. I know he has rushing upside, but he was like the league's worst quarterback. 57.4% completion percentage, 72.8% pass rating, 16 touchdowns, 15 picks. This guy was terrible, terrible. And I know he had a bad O-line, but good O-lines don't fix everything. You're still going to get blitzed at some point. And when you have someone who just can't play and can't make the right decision, he's chronically unable to make the right decision against the blitz. It's just going to be too inconsistent. Carson Wentz will have some good games, but you're never going to know when he's going to bust for you. And that's a problem for a quarterback. PFFs, um, or I guess not PFFs grade, but I'm trying to find that stat. Or PFF did rank, yeah, no, this is PFF's grade. They ranked Jared Goff as a top five NFL quarterback with a clean pocket. Against the Blitz, he faltered. He's not a good QB. Same with Carson Wentz. He's not Mm -hmm. the same player as he was during the MVP season. No, I mean, there's definitely a case to be made because, I mean, definitely Carson Wentz struggled last year. But uh, now with Coach Frank Reich, this, this whole entire coaching staff has been talking him up. They've been saying a lot of good things. Like He's been looking very dangerous and, uh, he said himself that he has a new passion for football with this Colts team. He said that he struggled with mental health even at times last year. And now I think he just has a bright future here in Indianapolis. I think he's going to want to work for it. Michael Pittman, another guy that I know, he works super hard. He's been uh, working a lot of his game. And they used second-round draft capital. So I just think that he finally – Carson Wentz has a receiver too. That's another thing that he didn't really have in Philadelphia. He didn't have that number one receiver since his first season. So – I mean, I just I think that having some receivers and having an offensive line to back him up, and then plus you have a running back that's gonna just uh, open up the secondary even more. 
think it's going to be really easy for Carson Wentz to do what he does best. And I think that once he gets into a groove like he did in his first season, he's going to be able to – I mean, him and, and that Colts offense is going to be able to capitalize that, and they're going to end up scoring a lot of points. So sorry about that ball, by the way. Uh, but I just – I'm really excited about what this, this team – is bringing in and all the new weapons, I think that Carson Wentz is definitely going to be able to take the next step up. I don't think Carson Wentz has good receivers in Indy. Michael Pittman. Oh, wait, before I go, I'll correct the Jared Goff stat. Top five passing grade when he has a clean pocket and is in rhythm and targets intermediate throws 10 to 19 yards downfield. I'm quoting NFL writer Bruce Gradowski, Radkowski there. So when he's in like that, that's expected. When Jared Goff gets in rhythm and doesn't get blitzed, he's good. And when he gets like, it's just very, very similar to the guy who was drafted to pick after him in the draft. But Indy doesn't have wide receivers. Michael Pittman had every chance to prove himself in a breakout season last year. No, he didn't. Yes, he, he did. Achilles. He could have easily been the wide receiver one in that offense. And he just he wasn't. He Achilles midway through the season. No, he didn't. Or his Achilles? Or did he? Or Wait, something. I know he had to get surgery. That's Paris Campbell. Or Oh, yeah. Oh, I said Zach Pascal too. I meant Paris Campbell while I was talking about him. Oh, I see. Okay, well, but, that makes uh, sense. But Michael Pittman, no, Michael Pittman played 13 games. Um, so yeah, he wasn't. But yeah, he had every opportunity. The point: T.Y. Hilton is not a hard guy to beat out for that wide receiver one role. They had nobody else in that offense. Why didn't Michael Pittman step up aside from like one game? I don't think he's he's hasn't proven that he can be good. Well, he, his, what did Michael Pittman finish as last year? Uh, like the probably like the wide receiver 80 or something. He had like 400 yards. Let me see. Okay. I'm going to look in the weeks that he played, weeks 1 through 13. I don't buy it. Yeah, this is going to be another long, bold take. It'll be a very long episode at the end of the year. And Chris is searching. Chris is searching. You can't scroll down and down. No, the point is they don't have receivers there. Wentz, being good against the Blitz is a key part of being a quarterback. Mm -hmm. It's not as easy to fix as something like footwork or something like just – it's it's not very it's not easy to fix because it's hard to fix how you think on a football field. Some players have it, and some players like Trevor Lawrence. Some players don't, like Justin Fields. And Justin Fields is like a really really like super insanely smart guy. So like maybe I'll give him some more slack. But it's not like Carson Wentz had like an insanely high score and an aptitude test that maybe neg- partially negates all of that. I just it's hard to be better. Like this, is, why do you think Jared Goff hasn't improved throughout the few first few years of his career? It's because it's hard to get better at that specific part of your game. Yeah, I just I think there's a lot of room uh, for improvement here, and I'm really excited that he's going back with Frank Reich because uh, they did a lot of good things in their first season. Okay, well we'll see what happens, but I strongly disagree. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Yeah, by the way, uh, I guess that's probably it for the recording of the bold take. But Michael Pittman is my wide receiver 53. Dak Press or Carson Wentz is not in my top 24 quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, see, we're way off on this one. Way off. I'm still uh, – how are you uh, – I just don't understand how you can have Michael Pittman as a top 30 receiver. Okay, but do you want to move on, though? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, we did our bold takes. We're doing quarterback preview now, running down the quarterbacks. And let's start at number one, Chris. Who have you got? Number one quarterback for next year in fantasy. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yep, same here. I don't even Best know. I mean, arm talent in the league. There's not that much to talk about. But Mahomes is just incredibly talented, and he proves it year after year that he is the best quarterback in this league right now. He's also the best for fantasy. He has upside with his legs. He's an incredible playmaker, an incredible passer. His ability to get outside the pocket and make deep throws. 
And then he also has guys like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I mean, those guys are going to make plays for you. It's just, it's you can almost trust maybe, maybe he won't be the guy that puts up the most. Like, I don't know if on a weekly basis Patrick Mahomes is going to be the quarterback that puts up the most points, right? Mm-hmm. But I think over the season we're going to see those twenty-four, twenty-five point games just start to pile up to the point where it just outdoes everyone else, and so. I think it's just going to be consistently good stuff from Patrick Mahomes, and then obviously you're going to have these big, huge, recep- big, huge receptions by uh, Ivy Kill. It's going to lift him even more. So, also like with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's just like the thing about Mahomes is that it's probably more likely than not that he doesn't finish as the quarterback one. But you can't really predict like who is it going to be that goes on a historic pace. Kyler, Josh Allen, Lamar, Dak Prescott, even someone later. Like uh, you don't really know. It, t- it depends from year to year. And so the most consistent guy over the years has been Patrick Mahomes. That's why he's my quarterback one. And uh, quarterback two, I think, though, we differ. I have Josh Allen. You have Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. This is because Kyler Murray has so much rushing upside. And, I mean, I'll tell you, these first three quarterbacks, I am so high on all of them. Like, it's mm-hmm. the full tier of their own for me. I'm not drafting them, though. Calvin, right? Late round QB. Yes, I love them all, but late round QB. No, 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 no. But, so, I mean, they're – pretty much interchangeable in my opinion they both have a great rushing floor i just like uh kyler murray because he's in that air raid offense they're going to be scoring a ton of points and uh i mean i don't know i just think that having weapons like deandre hopkins and then adding rondell Moore on top of that is just going to open things up even more for this offense so uh lots of like on that side of the ball and i don't know i just i think kyler murray has more potential okay yeah that's fair i just think i was a little worried about the, it seems like what Murray has said and what it seems like is that they're going to run the ball less with him less next year, which is why I would take Allen's rushing touchdown upside over Kyler Murray's like potential for more yards. I don't think he's going to get more yards or he might, but he won't get a ton of yards. But back to the late round quarterback strategy, guys, do not draft. There's no need to draft a good QB. You can literally wait till like the last two rounds of your drafts to get your two quarterbacks. I did a recent ESPN mock. Drafted my QBs in the 13th and 14th round just before my defense and kicker and grabbed Daniel Jones and Ryan Fitzpatrick. You will be fine with doing that and streaming. Let's look at players that I'd be fine with just pairing with somebody else um, using the late round quarterback strategy. Little earlier, guys, Tom Brady, QB 10 on Fantasy Pros. Ryan Tannehill, QB 11. Matthew Stafford, QB 12. Joe Burrow, especially at his price, QB 13. Trevor Lawrence at QB 15. Kirk Cousins at QB 16. Baker Mayfield at QB 18, Ryan Fitzpatrick at QB 19, Daniel Jones at QB 20. If you want to take a shot, Zach Wilson for free at quarterback 27, a guy you guys know I like a lot. There's Mm -hmm. so many options here for this late round QB strategy. Like there's no need to take these guys when you can get an elite potential. Like you're, if you're picking Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Kyler Murray, you might be picking them over a guy like, I mean, these guys are even going a little earlier, but say they even slipped pretty far. You're still picking him over like a Kenny Galladay who could win you your league or like a Miles Gaskin type or even a little bit better. I'm just blanking on some names. Maybe Amari Cooper if, since most people like Cooper more than Galladay, but I don't. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot, of guy, a lot of options that you can get instead. And later on, you'll be perfectly fine with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Daniel Jones as your quarterback. You got that upside. Both of the guys have a lot of upside. Fitzpatrick was very, very good in fantasy last year. And Jones, like we've talked about, has a lot of upside. Just wait on quarterbacks, guys. Wait on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, but this is actually one of the years where if I'm seeing that first, that tier of three, who I think you can make a case for them, either of them to be a 
a QB one, Josh Allen, Murray, or Mahomes. Mm-hmm. If they fall to like the sixth round, I'm gonna pull the trigger. Maybe the sixth. I'm not picking them. In maybe the fifth, actually, though. maybe even the fifth. I take I take them in the fifth. I'm. That's this is one of the first years where I've been really willing to do that because. I think that just because there are three top quarterbacks and a lot of people are fans of the late round strategy, you're going to see a lot of the quarterbacks start to drop uh, a little bit, or well, at least a lot of the quarterbacks from this first three start to drop. And that might be where I pull the trigger. Or if someone really likes Lamar Jackson and ends up taking Jackson over him, over one of the top three. So I, I mean, I don't know. I'm definitely willing to take a quarterback earlier this year. And so that might be something I look to sneak attack Calvin with a little bit in our redraft is uh, going ahead and grabbing a QB in the fifth or sixth round. You'll like it. I don't know. I just, I can't. Not when Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady are in the ninth, or Joe Burrow's in the ninth or tenth, or like these guys, Daniel Jones and Fitzpatrick are in the 13th and 14th. Like, why? I love my team so much more at the end of it when I just have the, like, me, I, I can understand fifth round, but please don't take a quarterback in the first four rounds of your fantasy draft. Please Unless don't. it's Mahomes in the late third round. No, not in the third. What are we doing? Why are we climbing higher and higher? <laughs> no, no. Actually, yeah, don't take a quarterback in your in before the fourth round, but at the start. You can get Chris round. Carson in the late third. Take Chris Carson over Mahomes all day. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and grab Mahomes late fourth or mid fourth round is when I'm okay with you starting to take. Okay, whatever. I just, I no, I'm always gonna wait. Like, just, just let some, just even if you like it in the mid fourth, just let someone else in your league have him. You'll like your team looking so much more, and you'll be able to stream quarterbacks. Like, let's look at the quarterbacks this year who were available in waiver wires last year. This is uh, Ryan Tannehill, quarterback six, Justin Herbert, quarterback eight, Joe Burrow, quarterback nine. Uh, maybe not on all wires, but some of them. Jalen Hurts, quarterback ten. Um, Baker Mayfield, quarterback thirteen. Ryan Fitzpatrick, quarterback fourteen. Daniel, I'm reading off my rankings. Daniel Jones, quarterback 15. Kirk Cousins, quarterback 16. There's plenty of guys that you can just get for free. And if you're drafting the players, sometimes like guys who were drafted late in the past, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. I, not, not as much Murray, actually. But the, the first two are guys that you got using the late-round quarterback strategy who were superstars. You can get good quarterbacks in the late rounds and not have to spend up to pay a premium on a guy where you're drafting him more for his ceiling than for his floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm still a fan of the late round QB strategy, too. But this is the one of the first years where I feel comfortable taking one of the first three, uh, like in the fifth round. But other than that, I'm trying to if if I don't get if I don't feel like there's really good value on the first three, then I'm probably going to end up waiting and pulling a late round QB strategy. Yeah, exactly. That's smart. I think the all oh, the other thing though, I think like that's part of the reason that Superflex has become so popular anyway, because people just don't like people know now, like don't pick quarterbacks early. And nobody likes that. People like to pick quarterbacks early. So they mm-hmm. invented Superflex. Uh yep. quarterback four. We both got Lamar Jackson. I think he'll come up from his quarterback ten. He was the quarterback two in the second half of the year. He'll come up from his quarterback ten rank, I think. He has a lot of rushing upside, got some more receivers, so he might be I don't know if his passing volume is going to go up that much, but I think his efficiency might, much like Ryan Tannehill. That's why I have him above Dak Prescott. Lamar is still a, a really good player for your fantasy team and uh, not in the same tier as those top three, though, but he's very solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's really just the rushing that makes Lamar Jackson so valuable, and he's not going to lose that. He's the best rushing quarterback in the entire league, so... Uh, Go ahead and still take him pretty early. And he also has some new wide receiver weapons. So it's going to be helpful for him. Mm-hmm. 
All right. And by the way, if you want to follow along, again, go to sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy. You can just check out our full rankings there. But quarterback five, that's where we differ. You have Aaron Rodgers, and I think you've discussed that already a little bit. Um, I just think, but even if Aaron Rodgers is playing, I don't know why you would have him above Dak Prescott, who was on a historic pace last year versus, I mean, yes, Dak Prescott had like three rushing touchdowns in one game, but he, other than, I mean, yeah, that, and that actually did definitely bring his points, would have brought his points down, but he was still playing like a really, really good quarterback last year. And he threw the ball an absolute ton. So he was like, he had like 29 point fantasy points per game. If you take out the rushing touchdowns, maybe it goes down to around 25, 25 and a half, but that's still elite, still better than what Aaron Rodgers was even doing with 48 touchdown passes and a 9% touchdown rate. So why Aaron Rodgers above Dak Prescott? I feel like this is just, is this just name value? Like, I mean, I know you don't base your rankings on name value, but I feel like this might be a little bit of it. Calvin, did you see what Aaron Rodgers did last year? Did you see the 9% touchdown rate? Chris, come on, please. I know that that's not coming back, but he's still an extremely talented quarterback with the best wide receiver in the league. Let's give him a generous 6% touchdown rate. That's generous. 48 touchdowns goes down to 32. This is all assuming he plays, by the way. That's a loss of 64 points. You lost four fantasy points per week on Aaron Rodgers if he his touchdown rate goes back to a generous 6%. It's probably more going to be like five and a half. That's all I'm, you need to know. That's all you need to know. Yeah, maybe I'll bump him down a little bit. <laughs> yes! Yes! Calvin, you've worked me. I'll, bu- I'll bump him down just because of the risk, too. I think there's a lot of things. There's a lot of risk. So, yeah, I, I will bring him down to QB7. Thank you! Thank you! Thank you, everybody. And now your quarterback nine, five is the same as mine. Dak Prescott, Mr. Mm-hmm. Superstar. They're gonna ch- the Cowboys are gonna chuck the ball again a ton this year. Dak is the centerpiece of this team. Zeke is great, but Dak is the centerpiece, and he proved that last year when he got hurt, ironically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm super excited for Zach. And honestly, it's probably more that I'm really excited for Dak and Justin Herbert than it is that I'm against Aaron Rodgers because I still love Aaron Rodgers next season. But uh yeah, Dak, I think he's gonna be so good with Zeke coming back. And, uh, yeah, definitely worth a grab uh, if he falls again. Uh, honestly, like, I don't know. I wouldn't like taking Lamar as early. Like, but I don't – Dak and Justin Herbert, too, have a ton of potential, specifically Justin Herbert. Uh, those are guys that I'm willing to take, like, if they fall as well. And then I think after that – but I'm just saying, don't – only go late round QB strategy because there are a lot of really good quarterbacks to watch out for. I'm, I'm saying only go late round QB strategy because there are a lot of great quarterbacks available late. Well, you can't say only that. Calvin, because I pretty much, pretty much, right you got to be willing to pull the trigger. Pretty much only. And every draft I've ever done this offseason, I've waited on quarterback unless it's been a super flex league. Mm-hmm. Every single oh, wait, one. Calvin, why are like, you so never once? On never once have I wound up with Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar. Dak, Justin Herbert. Uh, I have Ryan Tannehill ranked pretty high, actually. So I have wound up with him because he's dropped a little far. Haven't wound up with Russell Wilson. Haven't wound up with Aaron Rodgers. Those are, I haven't wound up with any of like, those are essentially like maybe a little bit different, but essentially the top eight quarterbacks currently in fantasy football consensus rankings. I haven't gotten any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's why I mean, virtually, I will almost always avoid it until the late round. Uh, there's mm-hmm. n- I just don't understand the like. I I get it. I guess I get it. I get your point of view. Fifth round, sure, but first of all, they're never going to drop back to there. And second, just so many guys available late. 
we can disagree. I mean, I know you still like the late round QB strategy, but um, I that's I am almost always going to avoid it in my personal drafts. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, I'm almost always going to avoid early round QB strategy, <laughs> not late. Um, all right, you want to move on though? I think yep. we've established Prescott is number five. Who's number six? Is it Justin Herbert too? Yep. Nice. Pretty similar so far. Justin Herbert. People forget that he has some rushing upside. He threw for a lot of yards last year. But ju- the thing about Justin Herbert is that he's a little bit mobile. He has the ability to go get rushing touchdowns and uh, go get a few rushing yards. Like It's kind of like Dak Prescott, which is why I barely have him ahead of Ryan Tannehill. So Herbert is a stud. He's a dark, maybe a dark horse MVP candidate next year just because of how good he looked in his rookie season, setting records. He's got Keenan Allen, a healthy Austin Eckler finally, and then a healthy Mike Williams. Uh, this guy's a superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really is. And so I'm just so excited that he has a great running back like Austin Eckler. And uh, I'm also really excited that they got rid of Coach Anthony Lynn. I think that's just going to open things up even more for Justin Herbert. I'm so excited for what this team is going to be able to do. So, I mean, and Justin Herbert is at the head of it. I think this is going to be one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. They made some drastic improvements to their offensive line as well. So that's just going to help out even more. Honestly, I'm ready to, I'm, see, this is my rough draft rankings. I'm going to move Justin Herbert up to my, actually, no, I'm going to keep him at number six just because I trust Dak. But uh, I'm very excited about Justin Herbert next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, our rankings aren't final. We'll make slight adjustments mm-hmm. to them before the season. I'm trying to like, I'm get trying to get them close, but sometimes I look at something and realize that's not right. And I'll switch mm-hmm. it up a little bit. I've so far, I've only, and I mean, we learn slight. different things. Like it's fantasy isn't a game where you got to set yourself. You got to always be willing to hear the new stats. And one of the biggest traps that a lot of people fall into with their rankings or with players they like, and just like is sticking to that just to stick with it. If you find new stats or something that really makes you appreciate a player, and changes your opinion. Don't be stifled by your past opinions. Go ahead and uh, and listen to the data that you're getting in. Mm-hmm. Like I have Juju Smith-Schuster is currently my wide receiver 48. And if I hear something new, I might drop him lower. I shouldn't be against that. Well, you also shouldn't be against raising him. As much as I hate it. Yeah, you're right about that. That's true. But I, I wouldn't be against raising him if I heard like, Ju- maybe if like Juju is dominating in camp, maybe I'll raise him a few spots because mm-hmm. like, he's just so low right now that like anything positive but i haven't heard anything positive so we're leaving him there mm-hmm. oh, okay man. you guys know about go to people. our seventh quarterback who's your seventh quarterback Calvin? ryan Tannehill, the guy who is going to lead the league in air yards per attempt next year with julio jones and ryan Tannehill, or maybe not air yards per attempt yards per attempt it may be air yards per attempt too, because he's got two deep ball receivers, but yards per attempt got the best after the catch receiver in the league, got an amazing contested catch jump ball receiver as well. in Julio Jones, like Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill is not going to need a ton of pass attempts to succeed. And he showed that the last couple of years, he quashed the narrative of people saying Ryan Tannehill doesn't have enough passing attempts to put up consistent fantasy numbers. Yes, he does. Ryan Tannehill will be an average above average touchdown thrower, but fortunately I mean, two years ago, he had that like 7% touchdown rate, which is a little high. That came down, but he was still an excellent fantasy quarterback, startable most weeks, and put up some big games as well. Now he's got Julio. He's going to play off the play action on Derrick Henry, just like he always does. It's hard for me. Like, Herbert is barely ahead of Ryan Tannehill right now, just because Herbert has a little more rushing upside. But, like, Ryan Tannehill, this is where, like, if you want, like, a really, really good quarterback – in the late round quarterback strategy, you're not comfortable waiting to the last round, grab Ryan Tannehill in the ninth, and you'll be mm-hmm. very, very happy with the results. 
Yeah, Calvin, here's something I want to say, and this might surprise some people, but one of my hot takes, I'm not, it's not, I'm like, basically, the thing with a hot take is I'm not saying it's going to happen. Like, I'm not saying it's 100% my opinion because I that's still different think than a my... bold take though i think for us for the podcast yeah, we're defining like, bold takes I as think things we think keep an eye on is a possibility is i think that ryan Tannehill could lead the league in touchdown percentage yeah he could i mean and touchdowns he... are so fluky that it's a bad bet to make but like he's one of the most likely mm-hmm. exactly and so i mean that just raises his value so much i mean especially like going into a league like the scott fishbowl where touchdowns have a lot of value and uh, but I mean it's countered by interceptions. But when you have a guy like Tannehill, he's had one of the best completion percentages and uh, has thrown a lot of touchdowns. That makes him really exciting in that league. So and you've got a I guy mean, like Julio who will bat like down Tannehill some in all formats. You've got a guy like Julio who will bat down a few of the potential interceptions mm-hmm. or steal the catch. If he's healthy. Yep. All right. Um. Yeah. Major upgrade from Corey Davis to Julio. Corey Davis is solid, but Julio will get him the big plays to get you some more big fan. Like if you want weak winning performances, Ryan Tannehill provided some of those, but he wasn't like amazing at that. That'll, I think that'll change a little bit this year too. He might even get you some more weak winning performances than he usually has. Mm-hmm. And yep. I guess, I guess he's my top ranked quarterback with no rushing upside. I mean, you could, I mean, honestly, you could say that Patrick Mahomes doesn't really have rushing upside. That's fair. But, like, you know, Ryan Tannehill, quarterback seven, that's when you start getting out of, like, just the mobile, mobile, mobile for a little bit, I mm-hmm. think. Yep. Mobile quarterbacks are so important, though. So who's your mm-hmm. quarterback? Your, your quarterback seven is Rodgers? Yeah, uh, it is, and I talked about him already a little bit. But I just – even though his touchdown percentage was super high, uh, I still think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he showed it last year winning MVP. I expect that touchdown percentage to remain above 6%. And – uh he has one of the best wide receivers in the league who they are looking to ink to a massive extension for reports. And so I expect him to be returning. I expect Rogers to be returning. And I expect this offense to be uh, moving forward comfortably, especially with Aaron Jones as well. And surprisingly in dynasty, I am buying Aaron Rodgers right now. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that, I guess that's fair. Cause there's uncertainty. He might play a little I mean, bit longer. He might be like a Brady like, where he he plays a while. But, I mean, I think that he's better for Dynasty than a lot of people think. I think he's still got a few years left in him. And now he's got Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones most likely returning for at least four years each. That's really exciting. If, if Rodgers plays, Adams returns. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So, yeah, that's I mean, what I'm Dynasty, saying. I think Rodgers has more time than people think left. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's going to end up signing a, an extension around close to four years. So, I think they're going to kind of have this offensive trio locked up for the next four years. Yeah, I don't think he retires. I think he, uh, I think he holds out for some of this year, but he won't retire. And maybe, maybe you're right about dynasty. I don't mind that pick. Uh, mm-hmm. Quarterback eight, though. Who's your guy? Ooh, my quarterback eight right now. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan keep Tannehill. it. Keep it. Keep it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I had Ryan Tannehill as my QB eight last year, which ended up being perfect. So I put him right back there. I think that he's going to put up similar numbers. He's got Julio Jones. Um. Now, added to that core as well, it kind of replaces Corey Davis. But, I mean, in my opinion, things are going to be very similar because I think that Julio Jones kind of makes up for losing Corey Davis and Johnny Smith. Would you agree? Uh, well, Oh, for Tannehill? It more than makes up for it. No, Johnny was barely involved. This is a major upgrade for Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, just that upgrade. And then, I mean, I think that AJ Brown is going to take another step forward too, so... Really excited about what Tannehill can do. I was right about him last year, and I, I'm going to be right about him again this year. Okay. And so are you, Calvin. You're joining me with him. 
Yep, I am. All right, let's move on. Quarterback, my quarterback eight, Tom Brady. I feel like people are underrating Tom Brady. And I'm just, it's kind of funny to think about everyone who bought Brady at age 38. Maybe that's a Rodgers situation in a way. But Tom Brady in weeks 10 through 16 was, oh, I can't use average points per game because that includes Marcus Mariota. Ew. Okay, if you get Marcus Mariota's one game out of this, Tom Brady was sixth in fantasy points per game from weeks 10 through 16. He, in the second half of the season, I believe I heard in the fantasy footballers, he had like a 4,500-yard, 40-touchdown pace. What's to say he can't do that again next year with the best receivers in the league? He's got a dominator in the red zone in Mike Evans. I mean, maybe not 40 touchdowns. We know touchdowns are fluky. Maybe 40 touchdowns, maybe 30 touchdowns. So why can Tom Brady go for maybe 40 touchdowns? Okay, yeah, no, that's what I, sorry, I, I, I meant to clarify. Maybe 40, maybe 30. But like, but Brady can go to for 40 because Brady just has, Brady has like the best fantasy. Like if but I had right to now, bet. Aaron Rodgers is a more talented QB than Tom Brady. That's not debatable. Okay. But he has watch much better receiving core. Aaron or Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Rob Gronk is way better than Aaron Rodgers' receiving core. I guess if I had to bet on anyone to hit 40, I would bet Tom Brady. You're right. Touchdowns are fluky. Maybe it doesn't go his way. Maybe he only gets 30. But even so, he's going to throw for a lot of yards. He will be one of the league leaders in yards. So I don't, you have him a little low for me. Like I have him ahead of Joe Burrow right now. And I feel like Burrow's a lot of the same situation. He'll throw for a lot of yards, but Brady's core is just a little bit better. And um, Burrow might get sacked a little more often, which might mean he has to throw more, but also drives ending earlier. So, and Burrow's already throwing plenty. So yeah, I'll say Brady over Burrow um, right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sounds good. Who's your quarterback nine? Uh, my quarterback nine right now is actually Joe Burrow. And, uh, nice. He's a guy that I expect to take another step forward. He does have, um, uh, Jamar Chase added to that core, but the main thing I'm concerned about with him right now is his injury risk. So I might end up bumping him down right there just from that spot. If I feel that the injury risk is too much, but, uh, I'm really excited for, for him to come back and have this receiver that he managed to throw. I think it was either 23 or 24 touchdowns too so uh when you have a a duo that we know can put up massive numbers like and they've done it in the past and they're still rookies I think that that's a lot to like and uh besides that he still has a really great receiving core and I'm I'm honestly ready to say that we can come start comparing Joe Burrow's receiving core to Tom Brady's in in uh Tampa Bay so that's there's a lot of things to like with Joe Burrow and he's still young but I expect him to progress really well I would call it a lighter, a light version of Tom Brady's receiving core, but that's mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah. You can at least somewhat compare. Also, you were thinking of Devontae Smith with 23 touchdowns. Chase, quote-unquote, only had 20. He also had 21.2 yards per catch in his last college football season. That's insane. How do you have 21.2 yards per catch? That means you're literally just like every throw, every catch for you is like 20 yards or like more than half of them. Or I guess not, but like you know what I mean. That's that's insane. Yeah. He had mm-hmm. 82 catches. That doesn't sound like that much, but then he had like 1,780 yards or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. He's a yeah, super. It really was. Whew. Okay. Um. 21.2 yards per catch. What the heck? That's got to be mm-hmm. some sort of record. 20 touchdowns. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. Burrow yeah. quarterback nine. Quarterback ten. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is unproven. But like you said, the Philadelphia offensive line was injured. It could get a little bit better this year. But Jalen Hurts has as much rushing upside as anyone in this league, it, which means, I mean, if he puts up like a Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson type of season, I mean, it's very possible with the rushing upside. He's got a good arm. People forget. It's very inex- he's unpolished and inexperienced, but he does have the uh, the arm talent 
to break out next year along with his rushing ability. Not He's got finally got a receiver he can pepper with targets in Devontae Smith, which will be huge uh, just to have that guy that you can rely on when you're struggling. And uh, yeah, expect Jalen Hurts. I, I really, if you're looking late round QB, a lot of people like Jalen Hurts, I know. But even so, like you got to, if, if you're getting Jalen Hurts, make sure to grab maybe a consistent guy later, like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Kirk Cousins to pair with him. Like you definitely, you definitely want that. But if you get that, which is very pretty easy to get with a consistent guy, you can pay up for Jalen Hurts. I'm perfectly okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a ton of upside with Jalen Hurts. Like, I'm right there with you. I just don't think he's that talented. And so for that reason, I have him really low. But uh, there's How a lot of talent. I just – I mean, or, I mean, not a lot of talent, a lot of upside because of his rushing. But I don't know if he's going to be able to sustain things and – uh it seemed like every single outing he got out of out there after his 37.8 uh, game versus the Cardinals, he just seemed to get worse and worse and worse. And so, uh, I don't know. I think that the, that trend is sort of continued. I don't think he's the future for the Eagles. Well, you have him as your quarterback 17. Maybe you should make that a bold take that he'll finish outside of the top 15 yeah, quarterbacks. Really That's should. probably a good one for later. Maybe next week. Yeah, maybe next week. Tune in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, who, so who's your 10 instead of Jalen Hurts? Uh, James Winston, and this is a guy I oh, talk, yeah. talked about. Last time I had him as a top eight quarterback, he still might end up crawling his way up there. But, I mean, especially if Aaron Rodgers ends up coming out and I get a little bit – or decides he's not going back to Green Bay and Joe Burrow, I decide that his injury risk is too much, he could end up moving ahead of both of those guys up to QB8. But for now, I'm going to have to revise my take just a little bit. It's still very bold to have James Winston as my QB10. Um, he's got the best – or the second best wide receiver in the league in Michael Thomas. And uh, I think that that's just going to be a really good deal. And when Jameis Winston was playing for the Bucks, he scored a massive amount of fantasy points. It doesn't matter that he wasn't that good of an NFL QB. He was incredible for fantasy. And uh, while I think Sean Payton is going to make sure that he's not some guy that goes for 5,000 yards but throws 30 interceptions, um, I think that he'll still be able to put up huge numbers. And he's just a flashy quarterback. He's a big play guy. He's also going to throw picks, but uh, he's going to be a lot better for fantasy than he is for the NFL. And, I'm just excited. He's got some good weapons too now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, by the way, you don't get to revise that. That was recorded. I guess you can mm-hmm. revise it now, but maybe is it a Rogers situation? Like with injuries and stuff, maybe he goes up to quarterback eight, but like mm-hmm. you, maybe you think yeah. he's going to, or maybe you think he's going to finish there, but like maybe he's not ranked there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I mean, and we're going to try to make our bold takes how we haven't ranked. Getting moved up there. So we'll, I'll talk mm-hmm. about it later. As things are yeah, we're we're going to try to make our bold takes how we have them ranked. And that's mm-hmm. how Chris originally had it ranked. But, but again, just because we put it down in, in audio, we are always going to be listening to new stuff that comes out. And that's kind of what happened with me this week. So I still love James Winston, but uh, I just like the other guys more. It's there in audio, but yes. Okay, so, but Burrow, I don't understand what you're talking about. Burrow doesn't have injury risk. It's just not. What? What? When you're not a running quarterback, you don't have that significant injury risk Wait, to do, get hurt Calvin, again. Did you say Joe Burrow doesn't have injury risk? Yeah, he was sacked the most times in the league. Now he has a better offensive line. If you have what like did an they average, do to improve his offensive line? Jackson Carmen in the second round of the draft. Jackson Riley Reef at tackle. They get Jonah Williams back. Three new starters on the offensive line. This is going to be probably an average unit, especially getting making made look better by the great receivers that he has. I'm not worried about injury risk for a quarterback that doesn't really I am run the for ball. a quarterback coming off a torn ACL and MCL. No, Some players no, don't even fine. ever return to the NFL. He's a pocket passer. He will be okay. I'm still concerned if he's getting sacked. And Calvin, I don't think he's a pro athlete. He'd better rehab full. I mean, props to Joe Burrow for like working through this, but he's a pro athlete. He should rehab fully from his injury and be fine. 
I, I'm very. I expect. That, I, expect I don't think. I we're at this point in medical technology where you should expect a pocket passer to be able to rehab fully, unless it's like an Alex Smith injury. It it almost was a torn ACL and an MCL. That's basically destroying your entire knee. I know, but it wasn't like it. Like you know, he, it's it, it's different. Alex, you're don't, don't compare Joe Burrow's injury to Alex Smith. Alex Smith was on I'm another not, level. But I'm saying like there's a ton of risk right now because of that. I, I mean, so. that knee is. As I mean, much as he rehabs it, I'm not saying it's not, not okay. I'm not saying it's not impressive if he gets through it. Like great, like but like pro athletes should be impressive in their rehabs. Like I'm expecting him to do it, but he's also like like it's like super impressive. It's like oh man, I can't believe like it's like crazy props to Joe Burrow for like being able to rehab for like a devastating injury to get back on the field. But like also you're a pro athlete, and with all the medical technology there is access to, I would expect a pro athlete to rehab from that and come back fully. I think but like I would never be able to do it, so I'm like, oh my goodness, that's insane. I think you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think you can do it, Calvin. Oh, ACL, MCL, maybe. I'll be lucky to walk again. We'll see. It was a long process, but she's. Oh, why did I say we'll see? <laughs> that's one of Shout my classic to lines to move something on, and I said we'll see. It's like after I tear my ACL, we will see. <laughs> okay, so your quarterback ten is uh who? And we got lost. I got lost. Oh, James Winston. All right. Okay. My quarterback 11 is Russell Wilson. I think he's going to go back to what he did a few years ago. Limited pass attempts, pretty efficient with them. He's got a good wide receiving core and he could again, finish above this rank. There's just 10 guys. I like a lot more. He really struggled in the second half of last year. They're not going to be a pass first team as much anymore this year. So I got to have him as my quarterback 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have the exact same as you. Yep. Quarterback 11. All right, and your quarterback 12 is Wentz. Um, mm-hmm. Discussed yeah, how bad I, I think I gave enough about him. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford is my quarterback 12. Just a solid little guy there coming into a new offense with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods to throw to. He should be pretty efficient. Got a nice run game in Cam Akers. And Akers can catch the ball. Jared Goff just didn't target him that much. Stafford loves to check down. He's going to be a solid guy. Maybe available on your waiver wires at some point. Probably He'll probably be like slightly off of your waiver wires, but and solid target for the late round quarterback strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my 13th or yeah. And then my 13th guy is Tom Brady, who we already talked about a little bit. Uh, he only finished. I mean, he did end up finishing, uh, what was it as the QB nine last year? And the better in the second half, once he got used to the offense, he was just, Oh wait, let me see. Was he on a great pace? Why am I thinking QB nine? He was, QB8, actually. So he did end up finishing very strongly. But um, I do expect a little bit of regression. He had a really high touchdown uh, or a very solid touchdown rate last year. I think that can regress a little bit. And as much as people don't like to say it, Tom Brady's getting older. He's coming off knee surgery, too. So we don't know how that'll impact they him. They say it every fine, year. But... He's getting old. No, he's got another year left, at least. Mm-hmm. But still, okay. I mean, as sad as it is, it is ugh. Sorry. That ranking is a bit low. I, I can't believe you have be, Carson Wentz ahead of Tom Brady. There's going to be one year where Tom Brady really just declines, and I hope it's not, but I think it could be this year. It's not this year. It won't be. We'll see. I know. I just want him to keep going. I want him to I go promise to you it won't be. It's not this year where he he's bad. Wouldn't It'll it be, be just great. awesome to see Tom Brady playing football and winning Super Bowls at 50 years of age? <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of funny. Okay, so your quarterback 14, though, is uh, Stafford, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um, Stafford I really like. But, uh, I mean, I don't know how he's going to be able to perform in this offense. There's some weapons, but, I mean, 
how Jared Goff should have performed, I, nice and solid. It's kind of weird, but I don't trust Sean McVay that much. Like, I don't know. I feel like he hasn't been that good with handling the offense and all that. So I'm still well, a little bit nervous. That, I think well, they might try and lean on the running backs a little keep bit. Keep in more mind that when Jared Goff was in rhythm and Sean McVay did all he could to get Jared Goff in rhythm, he was good. But just Jared Goff had one of those issues, like like that, mm-hmm. like I said, that's hard, very hard to fix. Matthew Stafford knows what to do against a blitz. He'll, he'll it'll mm-hmm. be all right. Yeah, I think Matthew Stafford will be good. Okay. Uh, so my quarterback 13 is Baker Mayfield. He's, again, he really has had the potential to put up huge games against bad defenses. He gets better and better each season. And I think I'm hoping for him this year is the year where he finally figures out that he just, he doesn't have to throw it to OBJ at all costs. OBJ sounds like he's become more of a team player and less of a diva. He says, I just want to help my team. I don't care about stats, which is nice to hear. So hopefully Baker doesn't feel that same pressure. And I mean, it's crazy that he's better without OBJ than with, but I think he'll be all right. Then QB 14, actually, hmm. I mean, because that's a run-heavy offense, you know who I'm going to move above Baker Mayfield? Ryan Fitzpatrick, my quarterback 13 now, who uh, has a lot of weapons, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson, and he was really good in Miami last year with very limited amounts of weapons because he just pushes the ball downfield, kind of like Jameis Winston. He will be, I I think he'll still be good for real life, but great for fantasy. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick gets a bump up my rankings. He's going to be a really big value because he's around like quarterback 20 right now in consensus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually off of both of those guys. Baker Mayfield, I, I love as a talent and an NFL quarterback, but I think it's just that run first offense is going to really limit him because I mean, if I'm the Browns. Why am I stepping away from the, from the run? I mean, honestly, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick, I trust, but uh, I don't know. I just feel like, why is he not in your top offense 24? is also going to be a little bit more run heavy. And yes, I like Terry McLaurin and I love Curtis Samuel, but uh, I just, I don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback going to be able to do it. Um, he showed some good stats in the past, but I don't know. I just feel like there's also some room that he could be taken over. And as much as I hate to say it, like Tava Heineke. Antonio Gibson can still get a high target. Like this isn't going to, this is going to be a pass first offense. Antonio Gibson will get a lot of targets. He plays a lot like a wide receiver. I think you should be, at least put Ryan Fitzpatrick in your top 24. Do I, I have him in my top 24, I think. No, he's not there. Wait, what? He's not there? Yep, not there. Glad we found this out before the rankings were published. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, I thought I meant to have him in there. Let me check that quickly. Okay, while you do that, I'll talk about my quarterback 15. Well, I already talked about him. Daniel Jones! He actually... Oh, I'll keep him at 15 for now, but I feel like he has the potential to be a lot higher. So you can draft him. Dra- he's another guy at the late-round quarterback strategy available in the late teens. So yeah, just make sure you're um, yeah, make sure you watch out for him because he could in leagues that like account for like you lose points for sacks. He's not quite as good, but he has a lot of breakout potential with Kenny Galladay. So not a bad guy to take a shot on, and he's pretty fast. He can run the ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have like Lamar potential, obviously, but or maybe even Josh Allen potentially because he doesn't run the ball as much. But he can he can be a top twelve, top ten quarterback for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. Right. Um. Yeah, I Calvin. By the way, I moved uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick up to my QB twenty-one. I remember I wanted to have him uh, one spot ahead of Deshaun Watson, so that's where I've got him now. Okay. Uh, so your quarterback now, fifteen right. is also Don't Daniel love Jones. Him. Good pick. Uh, my quarterback fifteen is Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. Wait, is that you have Daniel Jones as your QB? Yeah, that's what 15? I said. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm right there in agreement with you. This guy though has all the potential in the world. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, but Daniel Jones is one of the riskiest players going into this next year. Sure, but when you're taking shots, if you want a a potential at a really good guy, 
mm-hmm. in, instead of like a consistent guy that you can stream, go grab pair Daniel Jones with Ryan Fitzpatrick. How about that? Or Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. pair him. Yeah, I mean Daniel Jones has the potential to be a top eight quarterback, no doubt about it. In my mind, uh, he has really good rushing ability, and he's got some huge weapons on offense. If he can just learn to be a little bit more comfortable inside the pocket and uh, learn to not try and make everything into a play and just limit the turnovers. I mean, as long as this offensive line improves as well, I think that there's there's some room that he can be end up being a top eight QB. But uh, obviously, there is a ton of risk. He has shown at times, as much as I hate to say it, he struggled a lot for the New York Giants. And so if that comes back, uh, I mean, and all the turnovers come back, that could definitely be trouble. But there's a lot of potential for him. Yeah, I mean, he did start playing a lot smarter last year, and the deep ball stats do give some hope. Like, he started playing more like a game manager last year. Won't have to do that as much with Galladay, but I think in general, he started to actually take in the lessons that he can't just chuck it around like he did in college and just be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my quarterback, 16, Kirk Cousins, consistent guy. He might even finish as a top 12 quarterback again or something, but doesn't have a ton of potential, which is why I don't have him higher than this. And in fact, oh man, that's a tough decision for me. Because of that, because of him not having a ton of potential, I'll move him behind Trevor Lawrence, who is now my current quarterback, 16. People forget that Trevor Lawrence, even at like 6'5", 6'6", has some rushing upside. He's pretty physical runner. He could get 300, 400 yards and maybe get above Kirk Cousins. So Trevor, Trevor is rising my rankings. I mean, I might even put him as, oh, Trevor Lawrence or Daniel Jones. You you can talk about your quarterback, 16, while I decide between that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, my quarterback 16 is Trevor Lawrence. He's a really interesting player because I think he has a ton of potential, but uh, I don't know if the Jaguars office is ready to take the next step up. Step up and so I think that's going to limit Lawrence. Okay. I'll keep him at 16 behind Daniel Jones and 17 is Kirk for me. So who's your 17? Uh, my 17th is, Oh yeah. Jalen Hurts. Okay. Uh, Actually, 18... here, I'm, I'm... Oh, go ahead. Uh, my 18 is Baker Mayfield. Because, I mean, I've heard it's 17 because of the rushing upside. But I think I'd like – I'd honestly probably consider drafting Baker earlier just because I trust Baker a little bit more than I do Hurts. But I think that Hurts has so much upside, you know. So it kind of depends on how my draft is going. If I need a, if I need a second QB, I might go Hurts. But if I need a first QB, I might go Mayfield. So those two are pretty much interchangeable. And then at 19, I have Kirk Cousins. Okay. Yeah, 18, I've got – Aaron Rodgers, I've talked about him. 19, I've got Deshaun Watson. We just don't know if he's going to play. The, the guys I have ahead of him have a lot of upside, which is why I would take them over Deshaun. In fact, Deshaun might even bump down a little bit, and Matt Ryan's free fall through my rankings might even continue. He's just so bleh at quarterback 20 and it's too inconsistent. Like, he will kill you out of nowhere, which is something you can't say out of a lot of quarterbacks. Like, in a good matchup, he might destroy you. So those rankings aren't quite set yet. Like, I mean, Zach Wilson at quarterback 21, Jameis at quarterback 22 are both guys I feel like and the, even Trey Lance and Justin Fields, the two guys behind him, have a lot of upside, I feel like. But, yeah, that's mm-hmm. – I guess that just wrapped up my rankings. Um, so do you want to talk about your last few? Yeah, sure. Uh, I have a lot of uh, younger guys, except for uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in my last few. I have Trey Lance at QB20 just because he has all the potential in the world, one of my favorite quarterbacks coming out of this draft. And I think it's going to take a few weeks for him to become the starter. But I think that once he is the starter – so. Say if he becomes the starter week five, I think week five through 16, he will be the best rookie quarterback. I just think that, that having those few weeks off is going to hurt him a little bit. That's why I have him at QB 20. Sure. Um, but definitely a guy, again, that I'm looking to draft. And he's someone that I'm drafting higher than my ranking because 
I think he's going to finish closer to QB 20, but I think towards the end of the season, he's going to be a possible, I, I think he'll be a top 12 QB. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then you've got Cousins as 19. Hmm? Cousins is your QB 19. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, then I have Fitzpatrick at 21, who we talked about a little bit. I've got the Sean Watson at 22, just because I like the Sean Watson's rushing floor, but he might I not see play his whole situation right now. And uh, I'm he probably will miss concerned about his ability season. in the passing game with like no wide receivers and really no offense at all. Yeah, he'll probably miss at least half the season. He there's a great chance he doesn't even play at all. Mm-hmm. Twenty three, I have Tua because I mean he's got some good weapons. They added Jalen Wall, but I don't think Tua's that talented. I think that in two years we're gonna see the Dolphins drafting another quarterback. Tua years, yeah, Tua years. <laughs> and then Zach Wilson, twenty four, tons of potential, Just tons lots of potential. But in year one, he might have like a Josh Allen type of year one. Even mm-hmm. as much as I love Elijah Moore. Like, I mean, I also love John Brown. And despite John Brown's stellar season in 2019, it wasn't like Josh Allen was a superstar. So I love Zach Wilson for dynasty. I even like him for redraft. Take a shot on him in redraft for sure. But I can't be super high on him. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's hard. Yep. Still a rebuilding Jets team. All right. That's it for the quarterbacks. We did it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Is that it? Yeah, I guess so. Awesome. So episode, I'm excited to be finally getting these all, all these rankings out. Yeah, same. And they're published. You can see them right now. Follow us on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at Chris underscore SGF at SGF pod. We might be live tweeting about our SFB teams. I might at least. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, follow our live show at SG Sports Talk on Twitter. Subscribe to Second and Goal Sports Talk on YouTube. Get 100 subscribers for our custom channel URL. Email secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. Secondandgoalsportstalk at gmail.com. Questions for the show. Tag us on Twitter for questions for the show. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, is that all? Is that the whole credits? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. That's it. Thanks for hearing this, everyone. Um, and mm-hmm. we will see you. Unless anything final to say? That felt so quick. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I really did. Oh, I actually for, almost forgot. We're not wrapping up yet. Let's move it on to the mock draft. So before we wrap up, you guys have a 12-round mock draft with Austin and I. So you can hear that right now. All right, so now it's time for our mock draft, and we've got a good guest today for the mock draft show. Probably let you know earlier in the show who it was going to be, but this is a good friend of mine who's been on the show a few times before, and now he'll be joining us to do a 12-round mock draft. Uh, So, Austin, thank you for joining the show today. It's a pleasure to have you, and I'm excited to start drafting. Yeah, thanks for having me, Calvin. I'm excited. So we're going to, yeah, like I said, we're going to be doing a mock draft on today's show. 12 rounds here, 12 teams, half point PPR scoring. Uh, We changed up the roster settings a little bit from the last mock draft that we did. Uh, It's going to be one quarterback as this is the starting lineup, one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, two flex spots, no defense or kicker this time. We got three bench spots though, that we're going to draft. So not like quite a full thing, but just we're getting into the bench a little bit. And then no super flex, no tight end premium, no points per first down. None of that. Just, we might be doing some of those on our final offseason mock draft, but for now, just got a normal uh, mock. And Austin and I don't know our picks yet, so Austin, you ready to randomize? I got a random number generator right here. Yep. I am ready, Calvin. All oh, right. also, just a disclaimer. Uh, Calvin is definitely a bit more of an expert than I am, but don't worry. I've I've played fantasy a few times, so it's it's not it's not new to me. Yeah, it's definitely not new. You've heard him on the show before. 
Uh, Austin tends to undersell his knowledge a little bit. He knows he knows about fantasy, but um, like, yeah, but he's obviously not a regular host of the show. But yeah, I mean, he's been on a few times. It's great to have you as always. You always provide good insight on these. So we will be ready to go in just a sec. I will generate your number first. So your random number is number three. So you got the third overall pick. It's not a bad spot to be. You got options of a few elite running backs. Sure. Definitely like number three. All right, and I will go, and I got number nine. So we are a bit far away in the draft. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember where I drafted last time. Um, if you go a few episodes back, you can probably find that. But number nine is I will have a short turn at the back, but I might miss out on that top tier of elite running backs. But let's just see what happens. Let's get it started. And the first pick, um, this is interesting. The first two picks were Derek Henry and Dalvin Cook. So, Austin, the top overall fantasy player on the board is sitting here for you at number three. I doubt this would ever happen in a real draft, but that's pretty incredible for you. Christian McCaffrey is uh, just for anyone out there who would even question their number one quit uh, pick. Please don't, because it's very obvious as Christian McCaffrey. Just uh, this is I, I'd say this is slightly unrealistic, but I'll take it for sure. Yeah, I mean, I know the the AI pick logic definitely has some elements of randomness in in it. That was just like, I don't know how many times out of like 100 that's supposed to happen, maybe like three, but that's that's pretty incredible. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott go. Great. Top Mm -hmm. eight players go in the first eight picks, all running backs. I like the number eight spot or the number nine spot because I feel like after the first eight, it gets a little shaky definitely does and that's why i'm not going to take a running back here we're going tight end locking up that positional advantage with travis kelsey even though we're not in a tight end premium league here kelsey just provides such a positional advantage he provides roster flexibility because you don't have to get a backup tight end you don't have to draft another tight end he provides but the positional advantage he's basically your wide receiver one he will dominate he will get you points over any other tight end and um the gap between kelsey and like waller Darren Waller, the my number two tight end, the gap between even him and George Kittle, some other people's number two tight end, is very huge. And then when you look at the gap between him and maybe the number seven or the number 12, it is just massive. I think we talked about it on a previous show. Kelsey had like nine or nine, a little more than nine points per game on like the tight end 12 last year. That's just incredible positional advantage right there. Yeah, I, I'd say that I think a lot of people or you can you can make your pick. Um, OK, no, go ahead. I've got time. I was going to say that I think a lot of people like um don't take into account like the drop off between uh players like especially like i think that's especially noticeable in like um wide receivers like wide receiver two if you look at the difference between like the wide receiver 13 and the wide receiver uh like 24 for example it is very minuscule like the difference in points um Mm -hmm. over the past few years and so i think it's really important to take into account um that differential uh when you're like picking. And I think that's why Travis Kelsey was a great pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got uh, just a few seconds left, but I already know what my pick's going to be. Aaron Jones, Tyree kill Devonte Adams, Joe Mick or Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Deandre Hopkins <sighs> went before I picked my RB 10 cam Akers because I mean, I've talked, we've talked about him on the show. Um, he's incredible. He has, is a very talented back has the potential to assume a lot of workload in this Rams offense. And um, yeah, he's my current RB 10. Who are you looking for at that pick? I wanted Najee Harris so badly right there. Ooh. That would have been a great value. 
Yeah, team four so, sniped you there. Yeah. Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf, Antonio Gibson, Calvin Ridley, and Najee. And now it's your pick, Austin. I think I got to go. <clears throat> this is a difficult one. You know, a lot of people would definitely take A.J. Brown here. But I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson just because, mm. I, I mean, it, for all who doesn't, for all who don't know, which is probably most people, I'm a big Minnesota fan. And I, I do – I do think that uh, AJ Brown is um, I think just because like, obviously he has one more year in the NFL. I think, I think people um, underestimate uh, Justin Jefferson. I think he deserves all the hype that he gets. And I do think Justin Jefferson will be better than AJ Brown this season. So I'm going to take Justin Jefferson. Yeah. He probably had the second best wide rookie season for a wide receiver of all time behind maybe OBJ. Um, I have A.J. Brown one spot ahead of Jefferson, but I don't mind the pick at all. I think they're very close for me. A.J. Brown was the next pick, then C.E.H., Patrick Mahomes at the 301, and then DeAndre Swift at the 302, and Austin, you're back again. Not a good balance so far, but interesting to see what position you go to next. I think just, again, what you were talking about with that um, with that uh, tight end drop-off, I'm just going to have to go Kittle here just because I, I feel like – it's really crucial to have a good tight end, um, especially in, uh, in in like this year when there are very few reliable tight ends. So I'm going to go George Kittle. Yeah, pick. I think the, the community has been pretty split on whether Kittle or Waller is truly the tight end too, but don't mind the pick at all. That's a good pick to grab a tight end in round three. Uh, keep in mind, this is draft is a little different than last time because we do have the extra flex spot, but that extra wide receiver starting requirement means that you can't just quite – I can't go quite all in on RB like I did. I think last time I had pretty, I think I had gone three running backs in the first three rounds. I may only get one, but actually there's a guy sitting here who I might have to grab. Ooh, this is a really tough decision. I've got, I'm deciding between two. It's Terry McLaurin, who I feel like has a ton of upside. And then Chris Carson, who doesn't have as much upside, but is really the last running back in a tier that I like. There are plenty of wide receivers later on that like, like you've heard me talk about Kenny Galladay, for example, some other guys that I really think have more breakout potential. I may just have to, but this is so tough to pass on scary Terry. Yeah. Mm. I got to, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to stick with what my mind over my gut here. I love McLaurin, but give me Chris Carson. Give me the established workload, good pass catcher, good between the tackles. He will get the work. The last true workhorse who's still on the board in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I think especially because I again I am in the um the dynasty mindset right now, so obviously he's a bit uh, uh less desirable for like dynasty. But I think especially next year, the fact that they just re-signed him, um, there were definitely some issues with that passing with that passing games uh passing game towards the uh, final stretch, and I think um I think the run game especially with uh, Chris Carson has definitely worked well for the Seahawks. And I, and I, I know they're looking to implement uh, more of that uh, in the future. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're going back to a more of a run heavy offense this year. Pete Carroll has stated that Chris Carson has been efficient with his touches. He's just been, he's a good running back. So let's see. Now we're in round four at the 4.04 miles Sanders, JK Dobbins, scary Terry, Julio, Allen Robinson, and Mike Evans went. So, now this is interesting. I deciding between Miles Gaskin and Kenny Galladay. And 
Normally, I would take the running back, but when you've got a superstar like Kenny Galladay, my wide receiver 12, still sitting on the board after how many wide receivers have already gone? I guess four, well, 14 wide receivers have already gone, so not as big of a value as I expected there. But even so, I feel like Kenny Galladay has the potential to break out like Stephon Diggs did. Daniel Jones was really underrated as a deep ball passer last year. You've heard me talk about this on the podcast so many times, all of the listeners. I'm, I'm very but, surprised you didn't take like CD Lamb or uh, DJ Moore there. That, I like those guys, but I have Galladay ranked ahead. He has more upside in my eyes. Maybe uh, CD has a lot of upside, but yeah, I, I, I'd rather have Galladay than DJ. You're really sure. high on. I'm definitely not as high on uh, on what's his name? Galladay. On Galladay, uh, yeah, but I mean, he definitely he definitely does have the upside. I I, I think you're definitely above the consensus mm-hmm. uh, and with yeah. Galladay. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Ah. See right here, I'm I'm um, torn between. I'm very torn between uh, Amari Cooper and DJ Moore, and again, their running backs. I I think I think I'm gonna take Amari Cooper here. That's okay. I mean, he did drop pretty far. I don't mind the pick. I think if I were you, I would have taken Gaskin, is which is another guy I'm higher on than consensus. The And he's back here for you if you want him. But people forget. I mean, everyone expected the Dolphins to add another running back to replace Miles Gaskin. They didn't. And they've shown the willingness to use Gaskin in the workhorse role. So, I mean, like, I, you obviously just make the pick that you want to make. But if I were you, I would pick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, this... I, you know what? I'm a fan of the rookies. I'm going to take Travis Etienne here. I like him over Gaskin. That's interesting. He has a lot of upside. I like James Robinson holding onto the job for a little while, but end of season, I could definitely see Etienne taking over. Yeah, Etienne kind of reminds me of someone like Jonathan Taylor. I I think like he's in kind of a a shaky situation where no one really knows um, if he's going to. I, I think people are definitely leaning on him. Uh, taking uh, the majority of the work again towards the end of the season. And I, he's kind of, again, in a situation that's very similar to Jonathan Taylor. So I, I like him there a lot. All right. I, so getting, now, I, now, I mean, I grabbed Jamar Chase at the 509 after Kenny Galladay, another guy who I feel like this doesn't happen much with rookies, but I could definitely see Chase being Burrow's wide receiver one from the get-go. This is a guy, the guy that Joe Burrow wanted over a generational talent at offensive line. Jamar Chase could step in just AJ Green's vacated targets can all go to Jamar Chase and maybe he'll take some from T Higgins and Tyler Boyd a little bit. He has the most upside out of those three, although I like T Higgins as well. So I like that pick. And then the reason I passed on Gaskin for Kenny G is because I see a guy here who I really want. And it's Javante Williams, another guy who I'm higher on than consensus. You want to talk about Jonathan Taylor? I think Javante Williams is in a similar situation like that, where he's had, has an unsure role behind Melvin Gordon, but this team, the beat writer has said that there's a chance Javante Williams is the week one starter. If he is, he's, maybe even a borderline top 12 running back already. He, and he'll only get better as the season goes on. He, his film in college was incredible. Great tackle breaker. So give me that. Give me Javante as my first flex. I'll probably get someone safer later on to plug in, but Javante should be able to play for me soon enough. So I, I really like the value I'm getting here. Um, Mike, Mike Davis. Not bad. 
I mean, I'm just obviously we saw Davis regress near the end of the year, but at the six ten to get a starting running back, like this is when like who else was available? We had Ronald Jones, David Johnson, Damian Harris, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, Mike Davis was definitely my best, easily my best running back available on the board. So good pick there. And now you're back on the clock. Um, looking at you. Yeah, okay. You got three running backs, two wide yeah. receivers, and a tight end. Pretty solid team build, I would say. Okay, so I don't like I don't like Wilson. I don't like taking QBs early. I don't really like Chark. Um, I don't like Fant. I don't like Juju. What's Ew. Yeah, this is actually like this. Is... Oh, oh my gosh! I, you know what? Okay, so now I know who I'm. I'm between right now. I got to go fast because my I'm about to be done, but I say, I say I go, you know what? <laughs> this is I'm not a fun spot to be. Devonta Smith. Oh, that's a good pick. That might've been a guy I was looking at. My current wide receiver 31. I think he might've been the best wide receiver I had left on the board. Uh, Maybe between him and like Debo, but yeah, Devonta Smith has a lot of target upside over there. I was, I was torn between him um, and I think Jerry Judy's actually uh, kind of uh, uh, like, I mean, a sleeper here. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's, I think he's undervalued. I think um, people don't really uh, like realize that going into the season, he was easily the best um, uh, rookie wide receiver. Um, like, especially coming out of college, he didn't have that good of a year, but then again, it was hard to have that good of a year with mm-hmm. uh, what was his name at quarterback? Uh, for Devonte Smith, Jalen, oh, Wentz, and Jalen Hurts. No, no, no. For um, oh, for Jerry. Wait. Oh yeah, no, sorry. For, oh, wh- why did I say that? Yeah, for Jerry Judy, Drew Locke. Yeah. Yeah, Drew Locke. I, I mean, it's hard to have a good rookie season mm-hmm. <laughs> with Drew Locke at QB. So I think I think he definitely has potential. Mm-hmm. All right, for my pick, I like some wide receivers here on the board. I like Debo Samuel. Okay, here, not Juju. No, Robbie Anderson. Maybe Will Fuller. Maybe actually Will Fuller's a little bit tempting here, but there's some ooh, I might have changed my mind. I was oh my gosh. I still have to fill a starting spot. I think I'm gonna go with Will Fuller. We've seen the upside that he has. If my guy can slip back to me, that would be amazing. No, he gets sniped one pick before. I didn't even like Damian Harris that much. He was just the last starting running back that's still on the board, and I missed out on that, which is kind of annoying. I've had some wide receiver targets I liked later too. Oof. That's annoying, but I did get Will Fuller. So I'm back on the clock. And what do I do here? Could consider a quarterback. I think just got to grab Brandon Cooks as a consistent wide receiver. This might be the guy. He's my second flex right now, just a consistent guy who doesn't have a ton of upside with bad quarterback play in Houston, but he can um, fill in for Javante when Javante's, if Javante doesn't start week one. So now you're back on the clock, Austin. And the picks were Leonard Fournette, Zach Moss, Curtis Samuel, Jalen Hurts, and Kenyon Drake. All right. Uh, this is a tricky situation. Um, yikes. I don't like this position either. There's no one here that I really love. 
Um, I mean, it's definitely hard to get people here that you uh, really like, but but still, like, yeah, this is a tough spot. Hmm, I really don't like Brady. And I think it's not a good pick right here. I'm going to go with my gut again. I, I think I'm just going with the rookies and hoping another guy drops to me. All right. Trey Sermon. Oh, not, not a bad pick. I don't love Sermon, but has some upside for sure. The 810, not too shabby. Jarvis Landry, James Conner, Logan Thomas, AJ Dillon go, and you are back on the clock once again. Jeez. And now they're only rookies. So now I. Young players and rookies. Um, you know? Go with your boy from Minnesota. Don't have a tight. Or I guess you do have a tight end. Never mind. So forget that. <laughs> LaVisca Chenault. Not a bad pick there either. Has some upside as the potential wide receiver too in that offense. I think I probably, I don't know who I like more between him and DJ Chark. DJ Chark's a little bit more proven, that's for sure. So uh, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, Mike Kosicki, Tom Brady, Robert Tunyon go. I'm back on the clock. It might be about time to get a quarterback. Give me Ryan Tannehill, who will probably be the most efficient quarterback with his limited attempts in the league with now A.J. Brown and Julio on this team. Uh, the 909, that's perfect for the late-round quarterback strategy. Michael Carter, Jalen Waddle, Marquise Brown, Irv Smith, Devin Singletary, and A.B., one pick before mine. That's a major snipe right there. That's a guy I needed. I needed some more wide receiver potential. Um, in that case, I will take Corey Davis, hoping someone else gets back to me. I feel like Zach Wilson can provide some good value to Corey Davis as well as Elijah Moore. Because I like, as you know, if you listen to the podcast, I love, I'm in love with Zach Wilson's arm talent. And I'm keeping. Marvin with... Jones went great. I'm keeping with the rookies. Okay. Give me Trevor, Trevor Lawrence stacking him with LaVisca. Not a bad pick. Um, you're back after Mike Williams, Devonte Parker, Gronk and Pollard. This is a tough one here. Two rounds left. I guess you're starting to fill out your bench, right? You know, he showed some promising moments towards uh, throughout the year. Michael Pittman. Sure. Yeah, not a bad wide receiver sleeper. Darnell Mooney, Jamal Williams, Justin Fields, Daryl Henderson, Latavius Murray. I am back. Do I take a second quarterback here? What do I do? I'm not taking another tight end, obviously. Uh, oh, I know who I want with my last pick, and he's definitely going to be available. So I'll take Baker Mayfield to pair with Ryan Tannehill. Mayfield was really good in – in his when he had a good matchup, he performed. He's a great guy to stream. Matt Ryan, Hunter Henry, Kirk Cousins, Johnny Smith, Evan Ingram, Nelson Aguilar. Maybe I shouldn't have taken two quarterbacks with the limited bench spots, but it's all right. I will go down the board. Oh, he's not actually that far down the board. Give me Elijah Moore, the guy who I think has more upside. Get it? Within the um, Jets offense, and I got him two rounds later than Corey Davis. So flaming hot value. I'm, su I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't take Rashad Bateman there. Um. That's... I like Elijah Moore more than Rashad Bateman pretty easily. I just, uh... I just, I just don't love the limited target share. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind if you – Bateman, I don't think, would be a bad pick here at the 12-10 if you wanted him. Yeah, I, 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 I'm thinking between – but I already have – I have so many wide receivers. I feel like I have to take Lindsey here. Mm. Yeah, he has some upside. It's just so hard in that Texans backfield. They got like four different guys. Kind of brutal. That's true. That's true. I mean, but you never know, especially with somebody like him. I have so many rookies too. I'm just going to take Lindsay here. 
Okay. Uh, so I guess that's the end of the draft. Rashad Bateman went the very next pick, and then McCole Hardman. So, yeah, I'm not loving my draft as much as I loved the first one, but that's probably just because <laughs> there's an extra wide receiver and flex spot. Like, you can imagine, Austin, like, Look at your team and then just look and see if you had to bench your two worst players. Look at how good that would be. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that would just be crazy. Uh, Do you want to read off your final team? Uh, my final team. So I got at QB, I have Trevor Lawrence, um, which I'm definitely happy with. I mean, uh, obviously, he's one of the best like QB talents in a while. So, uh, mm-hmm he definitely has the potential to be great this year. I think it, it would have given me more hope uh, if someone like uh, Joe Burrow had performed um, uh, amazingly uh, last year, but then we didn't really get to see that. I think um, he has a lot of weapons. But I oh, no, I'm saying he can. Uh-huh. I'm saying that like it would have given me more hope just because it, it's nice to see someone who's almost who arguably like uh, uh, just as talented. Uh, I mean, Justin I, Herbert can be this is more talented, but um, and then I have oh, Christian yeah. McCaffrey <laughs> at, the number <laughs> at number three, Incredible. a little cheesy. Um, uh, RB two, I got Travis Etienne. Uh, I like that; he has a lot of potential. I'm going Jacksonville. I'm strong in Jacksonville right now, so uh, I got three three people from Jacksonville, which is that's that's definitely putting a lot of trust into a team that was. Uh, not very promising last year. Um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully that'll – I think it'll turn out okay for you. Things though. around. I know they'll turn things around at least a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Wide receiver one, my boy Justin Jefferson. Uh, wide receiver two, Amari Cooper. Uh, wide receiver three, Devontae Smith. Uh, my tight end, I got George Kittle. And then in my flex spots, I got Mike Davis. And um, I would probably put – instead of Trey Sermon, I would put either – LaVisca Chenault or Michael Pittman until uh, Trey Sermon hopefully uh, breaks out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's you my team. Philip Lindsay as well? Oh, and I got Philip Lindsay on the bench as well. All right. So my, uh, t- my final team is – all right, I got quarterback. I got Ryan Tannehill, Cam Akers, Chris Carson, RB1 and 2, Kenny Galladay, Jamar Chase, Will Fuller at wide receivers 1, 2, and 3, Travis Kelsey as my tight end, um, Javante Williams and Brandon Cooks is my flexes. Then on the bench, I got Corey Davis, Baker Mayfield, Elijah Moore. I'm pretty happy with that. I would say that's a pretty solid squad. So I guess that's it. Thank you so much, Austin, for coming on. It's great to have you. Yeah, this was this was really fun. Sorry, there was a bit of noise in the background, but uh, I tried to limit that as much as possible. Yeah, it's all good. Um, but yeah, and uh, I, hope you, I hope you guys enjoyed the mock draft. How do how do you think how do you think our teams would fare in our in a league? Who do you think well, would? As a, as a biased person who picked my team, I think my team would win. Let's I see. think my team would win 100%. <laughs> I just love having – I love having both an absolute stud at RB and an absolute stud at wide receiver and a stud at tight end. Yeah, but, I mean, you're, you're, I like your start. Like, you got values at every pick in your start. Like, CMC at 103, obviously that's a value. Justin Jefferson at the 210, solid value there, especially after guys like DK and Nuke are already gone. George Kittle at the tight end at 303, that's a good value. And then Amari Cooper slipped all the way to the 410 behind guys like Robert Woods and Chris Godwin. Like, very solid start for you, Austin. And then you got some upside guys later on. I think it, it later on, you definitely, like, that that upside that you have could really just win you a league or it could just, 
I, I think it's possible that if it doesn't work I, out, I, I like it shaky, but I, I like that. Yeah, I like getting young guys who are kind of boomer bust. Um, and I know you're more. I, I know you like. I know you like young guys as well, but you also are are definitely. Uh, I think good at picking people who are uh, consistent as well and are proven players, like people like Chris Carson, Travis Kelsey, Kenny Galladay. Um, well, but then I would say Kenny Galladay. People like Jamar Chase and Javante Williams. But yeah, and I know you like. The, I know you like the older quarterbacks, <laughs> like Ryan Tannehill. You're a huge fan of him, but oh yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining the episode. Mm -hmm. Make sure, guys, once again, to go check out – I'm sure I mentioned this earlier in the show. Check out our rankings on the website. Chris and I have published our rankings, so go check those out. Um, And thank you for hearing this episode. Follow us on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF, at Chris underscore SGF, at SGF pod. And next week we got running back previews. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.